Hello everyone, this is Steven from memeandmeaning.com and today we will discuss procrastination, how to stop it, what it's all about, and uh, hopefully give you some tools to, or some methods, to uh, sort that whole issue out for yourself. Now I guess, I guess before we get, get into the uh, exact methodologies, it's important just to understand like Procrastination is the act of delaying what you have to do because it's uncomfortable. Um, maybe you could throw another definition on it, but I think in general that captures, um, you know, the whole issue, the whole crux of the problem. And, you know, whether that's something for work that you have to do that you really just don't want to do, something for school that you have to do you really don't want to do, um, or, you know, more pertinently, um, something in accordance with yourself that's really aligned with yourself, but still you have so much resistance towards it and so much, um, you're just so averse to doing it because either you know, oh, this is like, this means I have to change things in my life or this is just difficult, this is uncomfortable, this is new, all these things. Um, they're all instances of procrastination. Um, and I mean, this can negatively affect your work, the quality of it. This saps your ambitions. You don't really want to do anything. You don't think you can do anything because you have this hindrance that, oh, I specifically have and no one else has. Well, <laughs> uh, welcome to the world because resistance is something we all face. Um, in general, procrastination just makes you feel pretty incompetent. Again, because you either think this is isolated to yourself or because literally it is making you incompetent where you can't get the things done and build the skills you need to be of value to create something that is worthwhile for both yourself and others. And so then this leads to just threaten the overarching goals in your life. Because um, procrastination is tackling a small goal, maybe a, a seemingly big goal, but a goal that's small in the grand scheme of what you're actually trying to do in life. Like, what is this leading up to? Is this leading up to a college degree? Is this leading up to a raise or a promotion? Is this leading up to you starting something that you want more than anything else? And this issue, this issue you know, when you look at it from that perspective of the grand scheme of your life, um, it's a very big problem. Because in general, it just ruins your work ethic. And it conditions you to avoid the uncomfortable throughout your entire life. Like it's, it's a habit that builds up. And instead of embracing and facing head on those uncomfortable components of what is necessary, you just sort of cower, you hide, you kind of go back to what you're doing, you waste time on things that or super insignificant, like uh, scanning YouTube or Google searching or whatever the hell, uh, whatever the hell um, else you were be doing. And you'll never succeed at your full potential if you live this way. You'll never amount that, you'll never amount to all you could be. And so now is the time to really kick this. Now is the time to build the contrary habit of just going for it. Um, 
Of course, then the question is, how do you do that? What's the best way to do that? The most efficient and effective way to do that? Um, and there are many different solutions or sort of sub-solutions that can contribute to uh, greater success with this. But, um, and I'll present quite a few here. So, you know, mix and match them as you see necessary. Um, but if one feels, if you're averse to some more than others, you may want to consider that those are the ones you mainly need to do. Um, that's always a signal of that. Um, but with all that said, I guess, I guess the first, we can start diving into the solutions. So the first one is, you know, before you get into the other ones, <laughs> uh, first check if this thing you have to do is if, like, is it necessary? Is it important? Um, and is it actually aligned with what you genuinely want? Or is it something, or is it leading to something that someone else wants for you? Is it, um, like, do you actually want what this is? <laughs> do you want uh, that degree? Do you want this job? Like, why are you going for this promotion if you actually fucking hate this job? Um, and if, like, you're trying something and you don't like it, yet you're still going for it. Recognize that that is a huge waste of your effort and your time and... Like, for example, if like if I was doing this right now, which I am, <laughs> in me doing this right now, if I really didn't like it, and if I thought it was, like, stupid, I thought it was not worthwhile for what I'm trying to eventually accomplish and cultivate within myself... Um, and would that make any sense for you to be listening to it or for me to be doing it? And if there's still some reason you have for doing it, well, you need to sort of reorient your life priorities. And you need, you need to really consider if you're going to live for someone else or live for yourself. And yeah, there are certain sacrifices that have to be done. Like, I'm in school right now and... You know, I could right now just go move to Thailand and work remotely and have a lot more time <laughs> uh, to do the things I'm most passionate about. And that's, I'm probably going to do something very similar after school ends. But um, I, mean, I have such a good situation within school right now. And part of me wants to finish. And then part of me also wants to, uh, you know, <laughs> this is an agreement with me and my parents to some extent. And so... There's components of all that, and so it can be kind of a nuanced thing. But, you know, you have to weigh certain things, and you have to decide, like, okay, is this completely soul-draining? Is this beneficial in, in a big aspect? And yet there's just components that I'm not enjoying, or maybe I'm not approaching them effectively. That also might be an issue where, um, you know, when I brought up the fact that, okay, if you don't like this, then why are you doing it? Well... Why don't you like it? Maybe you're just approaching the thing in the wrong way. Um, like I have classes that are difficult and maybe I'm just approaching them in the wrong way. Maybe I'm studying incorrectly. And that has been the case. And I've recently um, taken steps and measures to address that. And it's, it's paying off. Um, so yeah. Once you figure out if like, you know, is this 
actually worthwhile, <laughs> uh, then the other steps, the other methods to stop this procrastination can um, really benefit you. And the first place to start with that is just stop punishing yourself. Stop shitting on yourself and uh, stop shooting on yourself. Stop saying you should do this and should be like that and should do this. Well, you are the way you are right now. You're doing exactly what you're doing right now. Like thinking about all this negativity in your mind, it's not helping you accomplish what you're going for. It's only going to hinder you in doing so and it's going to produce the worst quality work. So, you know, do what you can. The thoughts are there. The feelings are there. Let them be, but then let them go. Because uh, they're not helping you. If you really think about it, you can consider how, okay, this is literally taking the time, the energy, and the quality away from what I have to do. I know I'm going to have to do it, so I'm dropping it. I'm going to choose to have a different attitude. And, you know, maybe sometimes that'll work on a feeling sort of level, and other times it won't. But it's, it's also just a commitment. It's a certain level of diligence, and it's extremely important. And so the next one then would be that procrastination is a signal from your brain that your plan sucks. <laughs> a signal from your mind that your plan sucks. And I and this one uh, credit goes to Cal Newport. I remember watching a lecture by him. Uh, he was talking about how to study more effectively in school and get um, straight A's and all that all that stuff. But he also might have mentioned it in Deep Work, which I highly recommend. Um, but basically his, his idea was that, okay, like you probably just have a shitty plan and that plan, you know, like on some subconscious level or some level that it's just not going to work well. And so why even do it anyways? But if you had a stepwise procedure for how to execute in an effective manner, you would have less resistance in terms of like, uh, understanding what's going to come out of that whole process. And so approaching it in a better way, you know, maybe doing a little research for how to study better or produce whatever you're doing better, um, how to create better, whatever you're trying to do, right? Um, researching how to do that more effectively in a more methodical fashion that provides some more structure instead of just half-assing the work and rolling around the weeds for how to do it properly. Um, look to people who have done it before in a much better way and they went through all the stuff you're currently going through. And you can come up with a better plan and most likely you'll have more confidence and more assurance that'll actually pay off. Um, and so one example, I know I'm using a lot of, lot of <laughs> college uh, examples and I'm sure many of you probably can't relate to that, but uh, the principle still applies. It's just um, I'm in this situation right now, so... Uh, excuse me for that. <laughs> um, but for example, like with studying or learning in general, right? Um, you know, you could read a book, you could read a blog post online, you could listen to a podcast. But often that just goes in one ear and out the other or in your eyes and then into some abyss where you can never be retrieved. Uh, the memory component is very uh, shallow. And so like the big part of learning is getting it from just that shallower level of memory into the deeper memory to encode it and then so you can retrieve it later um, when questions come up 
or you need to explain something. And it has to be in a simple, concise way that where a child could understand it, right? Because most likely you can't even understand it beyond uh, what a child has. I can't many times. And so um, if you understand it simply, then you can sort of build upon it with complexity and um, nuance. But for example, instead of like you do all this stuff, you take in this information, but then create maybe flashcards or something to where you can ask yourself a question and then you have to recall it and vocally say it out loud um, as if you're explaining it to someone. If you do that process, like for example, I, I use a software online and I could type in a definition or a word or a concept or whatever and then everything that, needs, that I need to know associated with that and then a flashcard can come up on the screen. I can, uh, I see it and then I start considering, okay, what do I need to know about this? What is this all about? Why is it important? Um, how does it work? And just in reciting that out loud, as if I was literally explaining it to someone, um, you realize, A, whether you actually know what the hell you're talking about or you don't, because <laughs> you won't be able to continue saying anything of uh, value, uh, of any significance. And then B, you realize, like, if you do get it, that you really got it and it sticks with you like you're able to recall it days weeks and maybe even months after if you continuously continuously do this um and especially if it's something you're super focused on for a big chunk of your life or literally it is intimately involved with what you've decided to dedicate your life to um and that software is just a website called quizlet it's free um no affiliation just it's very useful <laughs> in terms of especially for school um, but you could use it for anything learning-wise. Um, so yeah, that, that was Cal Newport's idea, um, like procrastination, just as a signal from your mind that your plan is not going to work well. It's not even worth doing. Go do something else. Go surf YouTube. Go uh, anything. Go waste time. So yeah. And then the next one, uh, what is this, number... It's hard to put a number on these. I guess number three in terms of like the tangible things you could do um, beyond just understanding if this is right for you. Uh, number three would be to set your priorities and break them down into smaller steps you can manage. So if you have a giant uh, video that you have to produce or you have a giant um, report that you have to produce for your job or something, 20 pages, 20,000 words, whatever, um, that could be very daunting. You just think about the behemoth that that is in terms of how much work you have to do, how much time and sincere thought that you have to put into it. But what if you broke that down into smaller steps and you dedicated a certain number of those steps or even just one step per day or per hour or whatever time frame is relevant to you. Um, if you broke it down into that, into that time uh, allotment and sort of just, okay, I'm just going to think about this Right, what's in front of me? This doesn't get done. I'm not even going to consider that. I'm not even going to consider whether it does or doesn't get done and how good it's going to be. But I'm going to do this step and sort of break it down into chunks that you could manage. And maybe that chunk is just literally sitting down at your desk. That's the first one. And then lifting up your arm to grab your laptop. And then setting and opening the word processor and typing whatever you have to type. Or it's going to have that conversation with someone and it's literally just standing up from your desk and walking over to them and you stand there for a minute 
and then you just walk into the room so they know you're there and then you start saying something <laughs> like you it's really going to depend how uncomfortable this is and how much you can tolerate but you just sort of have to focus on the steps right in front of you um of course the other corollary to that which i sort of mentioned but we should we should hash out a bit more is that you have to be able to set your priorities because it's very easy just to make ourselves busy with things that don't work or don't matter. For example, if I was studying in a different way than actually vocalizing those uh, key concepts, it's just not very effective. I could read all day long and it's just not going to stick, most likely, um, especially if I don't care about it too much. And so you're really understanding how to do it effectively and then the priorities, like what matters most. Okay, does this report matter more? Or does this conversation matter more? Like, what matters most for the goal I'm trying to achieve with this activity I am procrastinating on? And then really cutting out everything else and just focusing on those main things and sort of applying the 80-20 principle. I mean, a lot of different books talk about this, uh, the Pareto principle. Um, Jordan Peterson talks about this. I, I'm reading the four-hour work week right now, and Tim Ferriss talks about it ad nauseum. <laughs> Uh, and it's, it's all over the place, but breaking it in down into steps that you can manage after setting the priorities for what is most important towards accomplishing the goal, towards overcoming the, oppress the procrastination. And you can apply that even to here, like set the priorities and break down these steps into further goals to solve your procrastination problem. Um, this is a really key one, and it's one that people miss uh, I mean, just think about um, addicts. Like, I went to uh, OA for a while, Overeaters Anonymous. <laughs> Many of you are probably not familiar with that. Uh, I didn't. I didn't go from for long. It it didn't feel right for me at the time, and I wasn't ready to stop um, my issues with food. But uh, think of AA, or I know someone who uh, I know someone very well who was in uh, Gamblers Anonymous. Like. The, one of the key things they talk about is, okay, like how am I going to quit this whole thing that I love so much yet hate so much? <laughs> and, um, you know, they say a day at a time. All you have to do is focus on today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about a week, a year from now, anything of like that. Just today. And maybe even just this hour. Like what are you going to do to stop yourself this hour and prevent the next hour? And that'll build over time and you'll eventually gain momentum. And so th those are just some examples from, for how to set these priorities and break down the f them into smaller steps that you can manage. Um, so cool. Next one is to be aware of your long-term goals to which this is all leading up to. Um, and so, you know, basically understand how this fits into the context of what you're ultimately trying to do. And this, this sort of builds on the other ones that we've talked about. It's very similar in, in uh, some senses. But it's important just to recognize on its own because it's important just to have a vision and the understanding of the context and to realize how it fits in so that you are then more motivated to actually go execute so that you understand why it's important to do this. Not just how to do it or what it is, but understand why. 
Um, so, for example, uh, maybe you, or no, yeah, we'll just let's go for my example. <laughs> um, like this right now, I know this could drastically be better, and at the same time, I am trusting that. Okay, I need to just do this now. I need to put things out now, and I need to build that habit now, because that's what I've been delaying for months and months and months and procrastinating on for months and months and months. And though it may not be perfect now, it may not be top-notch now, I have to start and then also simultaneously as, as things unfold, do more research and get better and try harder and try different things. And so this every day, every morning, this is a small task in the grand scheme of my whole goal for what I want to do with this. But it is so necessary and it's crucial and that whole thing is no chance of coming about if I don't do this. And I've sort of internally realized that. Um, and so that, but that goes for anything, right? That goes for if you have that paper due for a certain class, uh, it's the night before it's due, you haven't even started, but yet you know you need this degree to do the job you want. Or you need to do this report or write this grant or um, dig this ditch <laughs> to do what you have to do right now to understand, like, okay, I need to dig this ditch so I can get paid this next week so I don't get fired so then I can have enough money to invest in advertising for the thing I'm actually trying to do or invest in some sort of workshop that's going to allow me to see through my perceived problems and get to a higher level of productivity and passion in life. Like, there's just there's so many different ways this plays out, but understanding the broader context for how it applies, it fulfills you with that why. And if you don't have the why, you're not going to give a shit about the how. You're not going to give a shit about what it is. And you're just going to pour the most, like, if you do it at all, you're just going to pour the most half-ass work into it the most half-assed effort, and it's not going to be anything that you could be proud of, that you can look back upon after the journey has unfolded or after it has transformed into something else. It's not going to be something that you can look back upon and think about, damn, I like, I put at least, like, <laughs> at least I put myself into that, and I gave it all I could, and I understood how it played into where I am now. Like, maybe you don't exactly like the thing, but there is a certain level of um, a certain level of gratitude and appreciation for that which you had to do. That though, despite it being hard, despite it being uncomfortable, despite it being something you didn't like, maybe, despite all that, it was still worth it and you still have a sentimental attitude towards it. So hopefully... All of that is understood. <laughs> the context is important because the why is important. So good. Now the next one is, how uh, do we do it all the time? I do it all the time. <laughs> do not multitask. Um, this is especially important for the most important things. Again, if you're setting priorities, you should understand what the most important things are. But do not multitask on those because there is no such thing as legitimate multitasking. Like, there's been plenty of research done on this, and I don't have anything to cite for you, <laughs> but I read it in a lot of books, and it's pretty 
self-evident if you consider how you do things. So, you know, you can't brush your teeth, uh, fold the laundry, and make your kids breakfast at the same time. Uh, many parents try, <laughs> but you can't do them all well. Maybe you can do them to some extent. Maybe you can do them pretty terribly, but you can't do them all well. And so if you're focusing on the things that are most important that really matter in terms of doing them well, don't multitask. Like, don't check your email every five minutes while you're writing this. Like, imagine if I was doing that. Like, if I was checking my email and trying to say all this every five, ten minutes, like, that would be not good. <laughs> um, and so, like, just for example, if we consider... You know, if we make the analogy between a brain and a computer, most people don't understand that computers actually don't process things simultaneously. Um, they actually just go back and forth. You know, they're just still so fast. They go back and forth between tasks, um, and that gives us the illusion that they are processing things simultaneously. Um, but that also means it takes resources from each task and it may take longer to load, it may take longer to download, whatever it is that uh, is going on. But the same is with the mind. Like it, it, the other thing is like it can't, you can't get to deeper levels of concentration and deeper levels of insight if you are focused on things that are just peripherally related. Um, you really have to, like this is where the value of deep work comes in. Again, something that Calvin Newport wrote a whole entire book on. Um, getting to a level of depth with your work and with your concentration, it's just so powerful in terms of the results it produces. I think it's much more valuable to um, sit down and write for two hours than it is to write every day, like two hours for one day than it is to write for, I don't know, 10 or 20 minutes a day. Because your mind gets into the groove, it gets into a momentum within itself, and you can really set aside everything else versus like, it takes time to get into something and to get out of it, like your mind doesn't just shut on and off for each task and be at the same level of depth in terms of the quality of its thinking and concentration. That's just not how it works. It takes time to get into something. It takes time to get out of something. Um, so that's writing. That could be music. That could be um, conversations even. It could be public speaking. It could be just anything, um, any sort of skill. And so just understand that the multitasking is not actually multitasking. It's, uh, would be a good term for it? <laughs> um, it's half-assed tasking. It's, it's not productive. It's not beneficial. You're better off batching uh, an activity than spreading it out across days or weeks or something. It's just in terms of productivity, you're not going to get nearly as far with it as if you were to just Dedicate a sizable portion of time to something that you have to do, and then do it. So hopefully that's understood. Um, I think I feel like there's more I could even say about that, but it's not coming to mind right now. So, uh, so we'll move on. Um, another, another strategy which will really depend on how you utilize it and if it's necessary to you. Another strategy is to actually give yourself very limited time to do something. But again, with high intensity, like we were talking about, sort of with the do not multitask and the deep work aspect of it. 
but to give yourself a very limited time. Um, because there is a tendency, and again, this all may just apply to whatever you're doing, whether it's, um, whether it's useful or not, but there is a tendency for things to just expand to the time allotted to them. So if I have a, you know, if I give myself five hours to study for my test uh, later today, <laughs> um, it's not, you know, I could, there's likely I will start filling some of that time with other things. I won't actually go deep in it. But if I just give myself, okay, I have a half hour or an hour to te uh, study for this thing, I'm going to have to go rapidly. I'm going to have to put in a lot of focus into it. And the truth is that I'll probably get more done in that hour than if I had just given myself five hours or a week or three days, I mean, uh, a week or three weeks or however long. And I studied prior, I have, but um, the point is that giving yourself a very little limited time, maybe even right before the thing needs to be done, um, and then shunning all else, like there is a deadline, there is a thing you know you have to do, and you're just going to do it. And you're going to find ways to do it, and you're <laughs> frankly, you're just going to produce because you have to produce. And so that works for some people in some situations. Um, so that's another thing to consider. Would it be useful for you to delay? Like, you're procrastinating. Maybe another way to think about this, contrary to what we've been talking about this whole time, is actually to utilize that procrastination. And before, right at the last minute, just do it and go hard at it Give yourself very limited time, and you'll produce within that amount of time. Now, obviously, this is a very, um, you could really mess this one up. <laughs> like, if I only give myself 20 minutes to write a 10-page paper because I procrastinate the whole time, I'm screwed. But what about 24 hours? It can be done. It has been done. Some people do it better that way. Um, you have to try things. You have to know yourself. But this is a very niche one in terms of, if it applies to your situation. In general, it's probably not the best tactic, um, but it can be utilized this way. It can be approached in this way. So moving on, um, the next is to start your day with that hardest task, that thing you most procrastinate on, especially if it's a daily thing or a habit that you're trying to build. Start your day with it because plenty of research has been done in terms of that your willpower is strongest in the morning after you wake up. Um, and it drains throughout the day as you make decisions. And even small decisions in terms of what to eat or what to wear, these wear, um, <laughs> these uh, erode your capacity for willpower. And um, I won't even get into whether <laughs> free will exists or not. That's a, that could be a whole series onto itself. But provided the idea that you can do things, uh, and we're going to live that way regardless, um, Start your day with the hardest thing, like, this is literally the first thing I do, <laughs> because it's the most uncomfortable thing for me to do. What I'm doing right now, talking into this microphone, um, and spitting out whatever's going on in my head. But this is the time where each of us has mo the most willpower. At the end of the day, we're tired, we've done all these things, we've made all these decisions, uh, we've had these conversations, and... You know, it's really easy just to say, I'll do it tomorrow. But when you wake up, and you just make it the first thing. There's no delaying it till tomorrow. It's like, I'm just going to do this now. And that means you wake up earlier. 
And if you wake up earlier, obviously you have to go to bed earlier. So there's, there's costs and there's sacrifices to all this. But what else did you expect? <laughs> anything worth doing is going to have that. Um, and even anything not worth doing is going to have that. It's just it's not worth it. So start your day with the hardest task. Um, you'll likely produce better. You know, you obviously you still only have a limited time to do it, but you have to figure out what amount of time is right for you. Um, and so again, all this is very individual. You have to approach it for yourself. You can't just take all these things um, as they are and expect it to fit in the context of who you are, what's going on in your life, what you're aiming for, and what you have to do. Like it's just you have to figure out these things individually, mix and match these different strategies. Um, so with that said, the next thing is to find a space free of distractions. So that means a space where your phone isn't going to buzz. That means a space, or actually I'll, I'll set aside the digital stuff for the next step. Um, that means a space where someone's not going to walk up to you and start, hey, how you doing? Like, um, no one's going to bother you. You're not going to have any distractions. There's no loud music in the background. There's no cars honking outside. Um, none of that. What Ideally, quiet. And maybe not even quiet. Maybe a coffee shop is the best place. You have to sort of find what's best for you. But a place where no one is going to interrupt you because you just have to put in this deep sort of work, this deeper quality of work. Um, and so again, that could be the coffee shop for you. That could be a library. That could be... Uh, right now I'm at a desk in my place and I'm alone and it's is it six yet just past six um, six a.m. so you have to find a space with no distractions you have to understand what those distractions are for you and I'll just bring in the next point is uh, the digital distraction specifically can be huge like it's no one's gonna come up to me right now um, but I, right now I could stop and I could just go on YouTube or I could um, go on Facebook or whatever whatever we all do, right? Um, so maybe even there's there's plenty of software out there to keep you away um, from these things. And that, that works for a lot of people. Um, you know, software is to where you can't open this app or it's going to track your time or it's just not going to, it's going to disconnect your internet connection um, for a certain amount of time. Like there's all these different things. That can be very helpful for certain people, but then also again, the way I see it is you sort of have to wonder, like, like if I have to do that to just bring an, uh, an amount of self-control into what I'm trying to do, it's probably, start to, it's probably time to reconsider whether this is the right thing to do. Going back to the very first thing we started with, um, it's probably time to just, like, Okay, is this actually right? <laughs> like, should I, you know, why even do this at this point? If I have to, if I can't even depend upon myself. But at the same time, don't just take that side of it. Like, these software, this, these kinds of software could be, actually be very useful. Um, and you don't even need the software. You can just literally shut off your phone and put it in a different room or on the other side of the table or somewhere where you can't, um, where you can't get to it. Now, this probably just also depends on your level of uh, reliance upon these devices. I mean, I live out of my laptop, I work out of it, I do school out of it, I do all of this out of it, uh, I record my music on it, I, I <laughs> laptop, like, sort of my whole life is tied into it, and I, I love, you know, these devices and stuff, but I can also, like, if I have to do, if I'm dedicating myself to something else, I could set it aside for 
more than a week. Like if I go on a meditation retreat, you know, I can leave it all aside and I'm not like thinking, oh, I wish I had my laptop. I wish I could watch this video. I wish I could watch this movie. I wish I could do, be on Facebook. Any of these stuff, like they're not a huge part of my life to begin with. Um, I see it as a tool to further the things I'm already passionate about doing. Um, so just, just making a point to limit these distractions as much as humanly possible while you're trying to do uh, your work, while you're trying to overcome this procrastination and execute on the thing you have to do, it's, uh, it's very important. And you have to figure out how that's right for you within the context um, you fit into. And so building kind of upon that, uh, i got a couple more. You know, often maybe if, you, maybe if you're at a coffee shop, for example, um, you know, there's still noise and you like the atmosphere of it. Um, but, you know, you don't want to hear uh, cups banging in the background. You don't want to hear the person next to you talk about uh, whatever they're talking about, <laughs> complaining or whatever. Um, you know, so... This is where music comes in, and you know you can easily consider this. Oh, this is multitasking and listening to music and doing something. Well, it depends. Um, that maybe the like maybe that hard line distinction is the case for some people. Like any sort of music, like they just can't focus well on anything else. But I think for many of us, listening to some music actually can crowd everything out and help us just zone in on what we're doing. And specifically, music that's either instrumental or what I've found very helpful is music in different languages that I have no clue what they're saying. <laughs> because I'm not, then I'm not like, the, my mind isn't immediately, um, you know, interpreting those words and coming up with what they mean and what they're saying. Um, it's just letting the melody be as it is. And so certain music, like I love um, contemporary classical music. I love, I love uh, many different kinds of music, but, um, instrumental like that or um, foreign music, uh, meaning foreign <laughs> just to my little spot here in uh, Arizona, um, where they're speaking different languages, I think it's fantastic for just zoning in and still getting, and it could be definitely used as a uplifter in terms of like how much do I, like if I'm doing something I'm really passionate about, like say I'm writing and uh, I'm trying to get all of myself into this, um, you know, some music that can really bring that out is really helpful. Um, you probably don't want to depend on it in every situation, but in the one you're in, it may be helpful and, you know, consider doing it. Consider turning on some music that doesn't distract you, but instead um, carries you forward into whatever you're going for. All right, and so all these are sort of environmental related. Um, this is the last one of that. Um, Consider the task you're doing, you know, it, the one you're procrastinating on, <laughs> I guess the, the task you're not doing, right? Um, and make a social component for it. So I, I talked about this a lot yesterday, but, you know, for example, if you have to write a paper, maybe you can't write the paper with another person or um, you can't even talk to them while you're doing it or whatever, but can you both go to the library and sit down at the same table and silently do your work? and just provide that sort of level of accountability for each other, that could be very powerful um, to get the things done. Um, and then again, maybe you can do work the work with someone else. Maybe you can bounce ideas off them and they, they help you go to a deeper level of concentration and thought with whatever you're doing. Um, or even again, <laughs> I used to be a landscaper. Uh, 
you know, digging those trenches with someone or planting that giant tree with someone, like it's a lot more enjoyable and there's a different level of like the pick up the pace accountability that comes with actually doing it with someone else. Um, and so this just applies very broadly. I give that example to show that this can, this can occur and for anything you're doing. Um, so consider just adding a social component to it, you know, whether it's just doing it in the same vicinity as someone or actually working with the person on that thing. And so coming up to the last thing, because it's getting about time that I wrap this up, um, if none of this works <laughs> for you, um, again, you have to reconsider if it's the right thing that you should be doing. If none of this works, most likely, either this isn't for you, and that's not a good or bad thing. You have to, you really have to intuit these kind of things for yourself and figure out the balances. I can't do that for you. No one can do that for you. Um, that's hard enough to do for ourselves. But either this thing isn't right for you, or you just have to do it. <laughs> and that's the thing no, none of us want to hear, right? When, there's, when we're trying to overcome this procrastination thing. You just have to do it. You have to figure it out. And all these things can help you just do it. But you might just have to sit down, put aside your pride, <laughs> uh, put aside the whatever thoughts are in your mind. Understand, I have to do this so I can do so and so. So I can do this later on. And just do it. And maybe it's not perfect. Oh, there's one I forgot to mention. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, perfect is the enemy of done. Um, many of these, you know, if you're producing something, perfection is a always moving goalpost. Uh, you're never going to achieve it. And so doing your best and your best and your best and maybe taking time away from it and coming back and checking it again to get some new ob objectivity and clarity on it. But at some point, you're going to have to draw the line and say, right now at this point in my life, this is my best. I'm going to turn it in as it is. I'm going to submit it as it is, publish it as it is, um, say it as it is, whatever the case may be, and just execute. Just do it. Um, and now I imagine a bunch of Shia LaBeouf's uh, gifts coming up or memes or whatever the hell. <laughs> uh, but that's honestly just a distraction. Just, just, just doing it. That's that's ultimately what you may just have to do. So with all that said, I hope that was somewhat organized for you to understand. Um, again, I'm trying to do these better and better. Uh, I feel like this was an improvement over the past few. Um, there's definitely ways it can improve more. And I will keep striving for the future. But the last thing I'll say that, again, it's important if you're procrastinating on something, it's important to understand that what you need to do, how it fits in, in terms of the context of your ultimate uh, vision and your ultimate goals. And if those goals aren't compelling, why aren't they? It sounds like you need some new goals, maybe a new direction to go in. And this is something that 
This is the importance of being on uh, the importance of being honest with yourself. This is why it's important to journal or talk to yourself. <laughs> There's nothing crazy about that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of thoughts and they need to be approached sincerely and uh, <laughs> ironically, thoughtfully. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm wrapping up, signing off. I'll be doing another one tomorrow. And we'll both find out what that is when the time comes. <laughs> uh, all right, have a good one. Peace.